What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Medical Sales Unfiltered. We got your boy, Jacob, on the other line. And, you know, it's, it's, we apologize that we weren't on last time. That was on me. I was uh, super busy, as you guys are going to start telling COVID's ending in this area, right? So, you know, more appointments. I'm sure Jacob's seeing that on his end. And uh, so, you know, just got to fix our schedules. And then this guy over here, man, he's fucking two hours behind me. So, you know, it's, I, I don't want to be up super late. I got kids. He's like the young guy, but it's it's like right now it's what, 10 my time. So it's only eight o'clock his time. Like, <laughs> yeah. I was going to say, I'm living the good life, man. I just called one of right? in Florida and I'm driving home from the gym at 630. And I'm like, oh, it's 930. He's probably almost in bed right now. Yeah, it's 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 wild. I don't even know. I'm so glad that uh, unanimously they voted to to end daylight savings time. Like, yeah, I'm I'm in on that. But but well, wh- the, which like, one? Research. They did the research because it's like there's way more accidents that actually happen and more people die because people are tired and they don't get their sleep. Yeah, it's like that one hour, and somehow it just messes everybody up. Like yeah, that's why massively. I love Arizona never changes, so we're always the same. <laughs> What happens is we're either Mountain Standard Time or we're now in Pacific Standard Time. So I'm always yeah. trying to just figure out what time zone I'm in. But yeah, we never change. We're always the same time all year round. We're the only state. It just makes me wonder what, what they're going to do. Like, I like this time better because I like waking up and it's still kind of dark. So it's late. So it's light later compared to yeah. it being light earlier. So when they when they end this, I hope it's, it's this time instead of yeah, the yeah, earlier yeah. time. <laughs> So, dude, tell me, tell me. It's it's been it's been two weeks. I want to know like a couple of good things and a couple of bad things that are going on right now. Because a, a lot of people, obviously, they listen to both of us to just understand how to get into medical sales and, and what it is. But really, like, what I want to talk about is the shit that we're going through on our weekly basis. And yeah. I always I always wanted to kind of use this as also another way to hold myself accountable yep. um, to to what my goals are. So you know, some good and some bad. Yeah. Uh... Let's start with the good because it's the easiest to talk about what's going on right now. Um, so last last week I closed a uh, two deals that totaled fifty five thousand dollars, which officially put me over quota uh, for the year. Hell yeah! Yeah, so got shout outs from the VP and everybody. That was nice. Um, again, this is my first full year with Men Device, so officially came in and proved that hey, I can sell. Um, and again, this was a territory that was the lowest performing. I have it taped up 66 of 66 um, in the nation. And now we're looking, I'm about to close another probably about 50 to 100K this year, this month. Um, and so I'm, I'm very, I'm flirting with top 10. Um, and that's, and that's my goal um, to do that. So that's been a big win. Um, been actually have gotten a couple new doctors uh, that I wasn't expecting. And so just and then also, as you as you know, right, in this relationship-based business, it's been cool to, you know, I go have kind of talks with some of my guys. I'm like, hey, it's quota time. You know, mm-hmm. you, you want to throw a dog a bone. Um, and, you know, being able to, to get some help with that stuff. So it's been, it, that's been some of the cool stuff, uh, seeing it lately it just go on. And then, like, for me, right now, everything I'm doing for the next month is overage for me, um, which mm-hmm. is a fun, nice, like to see all your hard work pay off. It's nice. And then people see that and then you start getting DMs and messages from recruiters and all that stuff. And it's crazy, you know? So like, I am just like, okay, but it's, but it's just been a fun, that's been the good, a lot of fun, hit quota, starting to like have conversations of, you know, like, okay, what's, what's out there. Uh, But again, I'm very loyal to my company. I like where I work, but I think I tell everybody, and I've said this to people that are on my team, and I've said it to my manager, like I'm always going to talk to people because mm-hmm. I'm going to see what market value is, right? If I'm getting paid 50 to 70K under market value, well, then that's a that's a problem for me. You know what I mean? Like not the company loves it, but I need to make sure we're all doing good. Um, so that's been the good, the bad for me. Just, just the usual. It's nothing I'm not used to. Uh, some of my accounts, you know, my teammate has given all my information to them and they still don't call me. And then my manager's like getting emails from random people saying, why don't, why haven't you contacted these people? And I'm like, they have, I'm, I looked at the email where they messaged back and said, Hey, great to be working with you, Jacob. Like, <laughs> so you're dealing with that. Um, new doctors. I did an in-service last week with a, a team that again, the whole time I'm there, they're just, they're sitting on their phone. They're not paying attention. They're the same people who complain that our stuff's so hard to use. Uh, but 
you go do an in-service and then they sit on their phone and then don't want to learn it. So uh, just that's the normal stuff. I had my associate come out. She got to see some of it. And then uh, bad, one other bad thing, you know, and it, it's just sales. Uh, that's why I want to put it in there is, you know, I had a $60,000 quote out. It was looking like it was going to close and everything was going really good. Um, and just in just real life, I let my associate that was there that day take the case. I had other cases to go. And this was a pretty chill doctor in a chill facility. Um, didn't go so hot. This was her and first case. That's when she hits the fan. Yep. That's when she hits the fan. And luckily, I was able to come in during the middle of the case and kind of like save it. You know, like, hey, how's the guy have the conversation, right? Because this doctor, always laughing, always happy. I walked in and he was pissed. And I'm like, I've never seen him pissed. And I'm like, okay, what's going on here, right? And I and I later find out after another surgery we had, just me and him, found out why. But then he knew my other, my assistant was going to be there for the second case um, a week later. And he texts me, he's like, Hey, we're just going to go in with a different thing. Like we don't even need you for this procedure. And I'm like, yeah, no worries at all. Uh, and then I get a text 10 minutes later from the person who is in charge of the quotes, the OR director. And she's like, Hey, your doctor's no longer, um, requesting you here anymore. And, uh, we don't need to move forward with your quotes. So it's fine for the fact that he uses me at another facility. He was just kind of my, my end to that next facility, but now I'm going to have to have, and I've noticed it, right? Like you can feel it. Like your doctor's super cool, but we've talked about grabbing a dinner together, um, just for like networking. And then also like with one, I know one of my buddies knew him. That's how I got connected. So it's me saying thank you to everyone. And I sent a group text and I'm like, Hey, when are we doing dinner? And he's like, uh, in person, he was like, yeah, I look forward to it. In the text, he never responded back. And I'm like, okay, that's weird. And then, um, yeah. And then there's been no text of the dinner. So I'm like, mm-hmm. okay, there's a little, you know, pullback. So just that's some of the real life of like, okay, now I got to kind of do a little digging on his end, but otherwise, you know, the week's been good. But like you said, you know, I'm ready for a vac. I've, I've been telling people once quote is done, May hits. I'm probably taking a week or two vacation. And during that, I'm going to a place where my phone can't even ring, like no service, no nothing. <laughs> I'm so sick of seeing my phone and uh, my emails blow up. Yeah, no, that'll be nice, man. Um, what about you, brother? On, on my end, uh, similar to you, dude. Uh, so uh, we talked a little bit last time about quotas. And so I'm still very early into the year. We work on trimesters. So April will be the end of the first trimester. But I'm currently already sitting at 107% of quota. So that's what's up. And and just like you're saying, the check will just keep getting bigger and bigger. But then the downside to that is that goalpost gets moved as soon as uh, as soon as May hits. Well, I was so gonna say I, May, I feel like we should like after you good and bad. I feel like we should maybe talk about kind of the different structures because I've been talking to more and more people, kind of like how your structure is, um, and, and mm-hmm. kind of interesting about it. Yeah. So so. I mean, that that's awesome. Regardless, I, I think it's great because for me, um, the good of it is I was telling you before in this role in, in like the biotech space, you're, you're changing a mindset and the product that I sell is, and like educate on is something that really you have to change your mindset because it's a radio labeled pharmaceutical and doctors are, aren't necessarily comfortable with using it so early in line. And for patients to be getting this and for me to already be at quota, at least for like the facilities that I have, that's what's awesome is that these patients are getting treated. And we we had a great um, patient at our national meeting, like talk to us and she talked about her journey. And this wasn't necessarily within my disease space, but hers was, uh, this was it, it, in like a different disease space, but she talked about how what we do actually matters. And sometimes just like you're talking about, like I have those bad appointments where, where doctors just aren't listening, or I literally just catered the the office and they're giving me like two minutes of their time. And I, I get pretty flustered. And I'll even tell them, I'm like, listen, uh, this is not like two minutes is not enough for, for me to to let you know what this product can do. So let me know when works best for you, but can we get on the phone? And sometimes that really works. Like I've gotten so many cell phone numbers in that sense, but which, which uh, that by so, itself is huge. Just getting a doctor's yeah. cell phone is another mm-hmm. game changer. And it's wild. I, I feel like a lot of people don't ask and I just, I'm always blunt about it. I'm like, Hey, I'm not going to blast you, but 
Like, do you want to exchange numbers? Because this, because of this disease state, you don't have that many patients. So I just feel like if you have a question, it's super easy for you to just text me and I can get you whatever, whatever it is you want. A lot of times they're like, yeah, sure. Whatever. Here's my, here's my cell phone number. And like I said, I never message them unless it's absolutely necessary because um, I want to maintain that relationship. But like, so the good is, you know, I should be seeing pretty solid, solid commission check coming in uh, sometime. I guess we close that April, May, June. So in June, because we're, we're like 60 days past the damn day to get paid. So that sucks. You're like six months in to get to get your first your first bonus. Um, the bad Dude, flights and uh, rental cars right now. They're, awesome. they're like either you either you find a great flight, but you but the places that you're going to don't have rental cars. So I've put in and a, just under 2,500 miles in the last week. And today I drove round trip nine hours, and Wednesday I'm on a round trip eight hour because I I, I can't stay overnight. I have another appointment back in this like in my hometown, so. I have to go to that appointment and then be back that same day. So travel, dude, like you do it a lot too. I'm finally getting back into the field and it's just wild. People don't understand. Like when you have a territory that's so large, there's so much windshield time. And during that time, it's not just, you know, calling your homies and podcasting and this and that, which I definitely do, but I'm, I'm trying to figure out how to move a business. During well, that it's time. that time. And then also like, here's the thing that I tell everybody, cause you know it. So I like that one, the clo- the deal I just closed for 51 K to get that deal, I had to rent a car and I drove 10 hours to get to that deal. And then I set it up. That was on a, I picked it up, rental car on a Sunday, left at 6 a.m. on a Monday, got there at 5 o'clock on a, a Monday night, got everything dropped off, set up, got to my hotel at 7 o'clock, ate dinner, went to bed, was at the hospital at 8 a.m. on a Tuesday. Five cases. Usually I'd be done by 1. I was there till 5 p.m., Got in my car, drove two and a half hours to Lubbock, Texas, got in, <laughs> ate dinner, woke up at four o'clock my time, was on a plane, 5.30 a.m. my time to get here at 7.30 to then work all day on Wednesday. But the reason I'm saying all that is during that time, I still had 20 emails, 30 emails just from the day. So like when I'm eating lunch, mm-hmm. it's not like I am like I stop to grab gas and eat lunch. It's like I'm checking all my emails, having to reply back to everybody for the week. I'm having to text messages and stuff like that. So yeah, even though it's just like you travel and yeah, it can be cool to travel and get some downtime and get some podcast in, you're still having to work. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, I, I tell everybody, like I give all my number or my accounts to my number and I'm like, I have my phone on me 24 seven. If you have a question, mm-hmm. call me, text me, FaceTime me. Right. And that, so there's, there's a stress with that. Like it gets to the point, as you already know this, if I don't have my work phone on me, like to even go to the bathroom, I'm like, crap, where's it at? Because that's all it takes <laughs> is for me to like be in there and then I'm getting a call from account that's doing a case that didn't nobody let me know about and then they're freaking out. Yeah, no, I know how you feel. Today I left and I was rushing this morning and uh, so I didn't have my work phone, but I had my my tablet, which is a, a, attached like to my phone. Yeah. So any texts that I get and stuff, I can at least see them. But then you're driving and you're getting these notifications on this big ass screen and you're just like, oh man, okay, hold on. Let me try to, you know, answer that real quick. And and I just felt lost because just, just like you're saying, I didn't have my work phone on me to be able to just answer emails real quick and do what I needed to do. Uh, it, but that, that's part of the gig, yeah. right? Like they give you so many devices that you're just having to, to watch. I remember when I first started, uh, I won't say where, cause I don't want them to come back at me and be like, yo, that this is what happened. But like I was covering so many cases and I put my iPad down somewhere at a hospital. So granted, this is at a hospital and somebody fucking jacked it. And I got on to like, find my, find my tablet. And I I literally found it. And it was like walking out of the hospital. I'm like running out of the OR to like try to go find where it's at. And then it gets, it just gets shut off. And I was like, well, there that goes. I was like, just got hired already lost. Like, you know, a company product (laughs) and my manager. And I'm like, uh, so my tablet's gone. It got stolen. And they're like, dude, it happens, man. Just call customer service. Listen to another well, one. I was and I was say, like, All right, cool. We had somebody accidentally on our team leave it in their car and they live in, they're like, I promise I live in a good area. Someone broke in and jacked it. But like with, with my company, right? It's all SEO and stuff. You, you need usernames just to get in. So that person's mm-hmm. never getting in. And, and then like our company can just shut down the whole thing to make it literally worthless. So, 
Yeah. I, I mean, like, that's exactly what ended up happening. So, like, kudos to whoever got it. They basically just have a paperweight at this point. <laughs> um, dude, that, the, and the funny thing is, that's the second time that happened to me. Cause when I was working at CentOS, uh, I had a bunch of product in the back of my Jeep. But at the time, I had my soft top on, not the hard top. So thank God. And I lived in Houston. And, I, and I'm super thankful that that guy decided not to fucking like rip the vinyl of like the back of the Jeep. But they left it open in the middle of a rainstorm. I'm like, dude, you stole the bags. At least just zip it back up, right? <laughs> like, like you took what you took. Just, you know, come on, man. The whole back of my Jeep was just like so. It is. Uh, yeah, man. But hey, so like, so some good, some wins uh, with it. Um, yeah. but the one thing I didn't want to just talk to you, cause you, that's a great point. What you said, cause I've been talking to some other companies that they do it this way, you know, like let's talk real quick about the difference of like, so when I get paid out, I get paid out yearly. So for me, mm -hmm. I'm getting one big bonus check of everything I do, but there's a lot of companies such as yours where it's now it's going to quarterly. And then let's, let's talk about kind of like the pros with it, but also the cons, because I feel like there's a couple good and a couple bad with it. So that's wild. I didn't know that that's how you got paid because um, I would say the biggest where, where I'm at now. So I'll compare it to I won't compare it to Striker because Striker was like 100 percent commission and you got paid out every month of what you sold for that previous month. So I'll, I'll compare it to like more like Olympus and, and CentOS. So both of these companies had very similar starting salaries, which were trash between like 30 and 45,000. Yeah. And then you got paid monthly on your sales. So you could have a really great month and have an awesome commission check come in. And, you know, it's very much feast or famine or you have a very shitty month and your next check sucks. So like you should still be living off of your ratio of your shit base yeah. salary. Whereas, um, where I'm at now, I get paid probably a bonus like every six months because we're we're on trimester. So every four months they calculate that, but it takes 60 days from that calculation to get paid. So pretty much every six months. Um, but I get probably about 80% of my income in salary. Yeah. So I just look at that as like literally bonus. Like it's just bonus money. I don't count on it. I, it's great when it comes in, like how right now I'm above quota, it's going to be awesome. But I've also seen it when I'm not above quota and it's just a tiny little commission check. And I'm like, I'm glad I'm not relying yeah. on this right now. Yeah. And so like, that's a good point. Um, and then the one thing, and I'll go into mine and then we can kind of go in. So like how I get paid is very similar to yours is, so I get a base and a commission. My first paycheck is just my base. So my first paycheck of the month is always, it's no money. And then the second paycheck is my base plus commission. So it's my bigger one. But I have a yearly one. Just like you said, you get paid out for the prior month before. But then it's like, what are you at plan? So if I have a certain quota, what am I at at that certain point? And that's how it affects my stuff. Now, I'll just be straight up. Here's the problem with it. I talk to people on my teammates. I talk to my manager. My manager doesn't even know how we get paid. They don't Because the, the, the formulas for these companies are so... You need to uh, need to go to college just for like math and algorithms because that's how difficult they make it. It's like a seventeen step process to tell you how you get paid. Because I literally messaged my manager and I'm like, "Hey, I'm kind of confused. Like, I'm at over a hundred percent, but my last paycheck was literally no money, and it was like fifty percent of what I normally just get paid out." And I'm like, "I'm confused." And she's like, "Yeah, I'm not gonna lie, me too." And so I'm like. Well, that doesn't make much sense. And so like for me, I was like, I'm not going to throw a fit. I'm not going to make it thing. But like for me, this month, I've crushed it. Like with quota coming in and making these sales, I'm doubling what my quota was be. So I, I'm like, if I don't get like a 4X on my payout this month, we mm -hmm. are like I'm calling VP and figuring out where's my money. So like we, we've had those conversations. Um, but like going back to normal. So again, it's base is my first one and then base plus commissions my second one and then how they do it is they do uh how i'm split up is 50 percent salary 50 percent commission and then that those two numbers make up my at year plan so then i go mm -hmm. and so i'm pretty much just at year but then how my company does it is you're just at plan and then if you are uh above plan we have two buckets we have a quota and a capital bucket so if you hit one of them 
you're at 15% overage. If you hit both of them, you're 30% overage. So, you know, let's let's just keep money simple. If you're 100 grand over and you're in one bucket, you make $15,000 bonus check. You you get mm-hmm. both, you're at a $30,000 bonus check. So that's nice, right? For the for, for the end of the year. For the end of the year and, and that's for the whole year, right? Like so that compared to okay. the difference is you're getting a quarterly or every 6 months, right? Because by the time you get paid, but I've talked to other companies that every quarter they're giving a payout. So like instead of me getting one giant paycheck, they're like, these people are getting bonuses. You know, I talked to a girl, she's in the aesthetic space and her comment was they're 150 at plan, but she's like, I get quarterly bonuses and my quarterly bonus is between 20 and 60 K. I'm like, Oh, that's not bad. You know, compared to like, not bad at all. Yeah. Compared to like us is like, it's just one big thing at the end of the year. So you're working all year for that and then like just being straight up this is why i like to talk about this is like everybody has faced back orders i just checked the other day i had over twenty thousand dollars in open orders which means they have the po's it's been placed my company just hasn't fulfilled it well they're trying that the talk has is they don't know if they're going to pay us on those open orders and i'm like i told yeah, that's that's always the rough one and i and i told my manager i was like i will like lose my mind because i'm after making that fifty five thousand dollars because yeah. because it's sold it's not your fault no, like this is the company's issues and then here's the this is the talk they do right well we'll just wait till next year to give it and then it goes towards your bonus so you still get paid and i'm like no 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 that just goes towards my salary but like if i'm looking mm-hmm. at a 30 to forty thousand dollar payout check that comes off that open order sale and you just screwed mm-hmm. me to like put it towards my numbers next year which guess what you're gonna raise and yeah, I'm going to have to work harder just to be at plan, you know? So that's kind of the talk with like the payment, but I just wanted to say it because I think it's super interesting because the reason I wanted to bring this up for everybody is I get a number at the year, at the beginning of the year. And let's be straight up. It's usually like two or three months into my year. So like the first two months of quota, we don't even know what we're selling for because you don't even have your numbers and then they're just going to give it to you halfway in and you're seeing. I mean, that's, that's, what's going to happen to me right now. Like, I'm I'm gonna I'm already above quota. So at the end of this trimester, I'm gonna finish above quota. But then all of May, I still won't know what my next quota is gonna be. So there goes an entire month of a four month trimester that I'm just shooting in the dark. I'm like, all right, well, I know that it's increasing, but how much did it increase by? No, exactly. And so that's why I want to talk to you about it because like for me, there's a little of the security of like, hey, my quota is getting raised, but it's once a year. Right, because it's one time a year. I'm not worrying about the thing. I've seen a lot of these companies go into the quarterly, and I've talked to reps, and it's interesting because I want you to speak to this. But it's like, for example, if I have a good year this year, what are they going to do? They're going to raise me, and so now I have to go up and do that. Well, that's that's a little different if you're yearly compared to you go to quarterly and you have a good quarter. Well, then they make your next quarter insane. Mm-hmm. Well, now you make no money at the quarterly instead of the yearly. Yeah. Yeah. So. I'll uh, let me let me backtrack to how how you were getting paid real quick. So at Olympus, very similar when it came to buckets. And so again, you had this very small salary, and your first paycheck because you got paid every two weeks was your your yep. salary. Then the next paycheck was that paycheck that came with the commission. And just like you're saying, it's so good for people to hear this because when I went to Striker. I was thinking in my mind like, oh great, you know, like I'm, I'm going to be making this money, but Striker pays you on the 15th of every month. So you get one paycheck a month and you're going to have to literally figure out how to do your budget yeah. accurately because you're only getting that one paycheck. But at Olympus, you would get that that second check. And just like, uh, so a little bit opposite of, of yours is every quarter though, if you hit your buckets, if, if you didn't hit um, your disposable bucket, then your total number, as long as you hit your, your quota, you would get paid 7% of that, that percentage as a bonus for the yep. quarter. Now, if you hit your, uh, cause you had a capital and disposable, if you hit your disposable number as well as your capital number, then you got 10%. So like every single <coughs> quarter, at least you're looking at another kicker of making a little bit more money. Um, and then that the, the next piece that I wanted to touch on was the fact that like neither your manager like even knew what was going on. Dude, I'm pretty sure we, we've talked about it before. Uh, you've read Extreme yep. Ownership, right? 
And so when Jocko was talking to that, that one VP and she, she was like so stoked about how the, the pay structure is, but he was like, dude, like you're like a math nerd. Like this makes sense to you, but your entire organization's like, I don't know how I get paid. You, you need to like simplify (laughs) this so that these people know what is going on. And, and I can't agree with that more because like, for me, it's very straightforward. Now I I have, I'll, I'll say like what mine is for this trimester, I have 17 new patients and that doesn't sound like a lot. And it really is not like a huge number, but again, I work in a rare disease space. So I need to get 17 new patients in this trimester, which I'm already above that, but it's finite. Like that is it. Like as long as I get those patients, I know exactly what is happening. And Whereas, even for you, like, like as you mentioned, um, like you get a bigger salary, right? Like you're, you're, you're a salary mm-hmm. and it's a way higher salary compared to, you know, I yeah. imagine we haven't talked off air, but like, I imagine your salary is probably two or three X what my, my quote unquote salary is. Cause then it's way more based on commission. Yeah. And, but that's what the commission is. And that's where we've talked about, even for me, how they do it is if you're under 80% of commission, you make $0. I think you get like point zero, yeah. you get point eight of every dollar of whatever it is, whatever math. But if you're over 80%, you get 2.63 or whatever. And then that's how you get paid. Yeah. I get literally for my bonus. Cause that, that's why I look at it. Yeah. just like, we're talking if I get, if I'm under 80%, it's a fat zero. They don't pay you yep. at all. And uh, so it, it kind of sucks, especially during COVID because that, that was a rough time. And I did get one of those checks where I, I think I finished at like 78%. And I'm like, you gotta be kidding me. Like if I just had one more patient, it still would it wouldn't have been a great check, but it still would have been like literally a lot better than zero. No, yeah. Well, and that, that's <laughs> so. the interesting thing. That's why I tell everybody because like even for me, like so my t- like my teammates and stuff, if they're not running at 100% and let's say they're not running at 80%, well, if our app plan is whatever it is, right, and they're not at hitting it, they're making no money. They're making less money than some yeah. associates are making. You know what I mean? And that was like the that's what I figured. is like some people can be like, okay, so that's why like the reason we're going such detail. This is again when you're first breaking into the industry and you're an associate, you can't really be choosy about like talking about pay structure and all this stuff. You like especially if you go to Striker, like I say it's everybody. If you go to Striker, just you're gonna get paid no money. It's 55 grand, right? Like maybe they give you 70, maybe they give you 45, but I've talked to people that are like with J and J, like some of these top companies, they're making $40,000 and they're working a lot. Yeah. And, and the, the pay structure just for people to, to be aware at Striker, unless it has changed and I'm pretty sure it hasn't, you get paid once a month on the 15th and, um, you can bonus every quarter but you're not, you're not bonusing. Like you're just hitting your quota. You, so it's kind of like yours, like you're, you're shooting for quota. And then at the end of the year, you get paid out on if you actually hit quota. And what's nice though, is let's say a lot of, a lot of, uh, OR jobs, it's all based around like your insurance. And a lot of people don't hit deductibles to the end of the year. So a lot of people are like super heavy at the end of the year with, with their sales and how many cases they're running and everything. So like you have a light beginning of the year, a super heavy end of the year. And if you miss quota, like Q1 and Q2, but you make it up in Q3 and Q4, you still get back paid nice. for your missed quotas. So that's what's kind of cool. Whereas other companies, I, I'm pretty sure they don't do that. They don't back, like you miss out, like you're, it's yeah, no, you don't. I, and I, I do want to touch about this because I think this is super important. I've talked to a lot of people and, and it's something you don't expect, especially with me running my own business and like being a, you know, when I had my personal training business, if I made 70 grand, I made 70 grand. You know what I mean? Like I took home 70 grand, right? And then we have taxes, of course. Mm-hmm. I would budget for, hey, what tax bracket I'm in and all that good stuff. But then I also had tax write-offs, right? Like you learn that side. But the thing I learned and I was very, very surprised is you hit corporate America and you pay 401k, you pay insurance, you pay Medicare, Medicaid, like all this stuff. I don't know. I'd love to hear what it is for you, Peter. Like, and I'm not saying exact numbers, but like what I've told people is, probably expect maybe 55% of actual take-home pay. So for example, if they're saying Mm -hmm. you're going to make $10,000 a month, I would say you're probably going to take home by the time you pay out taxes. If you're smart and do the 401k matches like you probably should and doing all that stuff, you might take home 
5,000, maybe a little more than $5,000 a month, 55, 5,300. And that's been my experience. And I think that was, that was a big learning um, curve for me because I just remember when I first got my, my job offer and I signed the letter and I'm like looking at what my monthly revenue was going to be. I joked around with my roommates. I'm like, yo boys, like we're going out to a steakhouse on me. Like Dominic's like Dominic's out here is like, you're talking a hundred, $200 a meal, right. And, or for a, a plate. So I'm like, guys, we'll go out. We'll have fun. Like it's on me. Let's celebrate. Well, then I got my first month paycheck and I'm like, we might have to hold off on that for a little bit because you know, like you, you see the number that you're getting, but by the time you pay out in taxes and all this stuff, you're like, dang, like, yeah, I didn't make nearly what I thought I was going to make. Yeah. So I just ran the numbers real quick from just uh, top of my memory. Um, my take home after everything is probably about 68%. So like right off the bat, I'm already losing 32 and pretty much that's always how I do it. Like if I'm, if I'm looking at a bonus, let's say it's a 10 K bonus. I'm always assuming I'm going to take home about seven, three, three K that's going to go to taxes and everything else. And, uh, um, but it's so weird at other companies, like your bonuses are taxed at like 50%. And, And I just never understood how that worked. Like, I, I I still don't get it. I'm like, all right, let, let me just see what I'm going to take home. And I really just wish like your fucking salary is what you're taking <laughs> yeah. home. Not like, yeah, but I just wanted to like, my God, because there's... like I joke around with people. For example, right. I'm like, you could go and be making, let's just say $120,000 a month or $120,000 a year. Well, to the average person, that's a lot of money and it is a lot of money. Right. But it's like, okay, it's 10 grand a month. Well, by the time you're taking it home, it's like, I'm taking home like 5,300 or let's just say six, 60%. You're taking home six grand. Get great money. But when you're promised and you're working hard to make 10 grand, I know personal trainers that are making twelve, fifteen thousand $15,000 a month. And guess what? They run their own money yeah. and they run their own business. And guess what? It's cash pay half the time. So guess what? When they make 12 grand, they make 12 grand. Government don't know yeah, it. Yeah, like, you know what I mean? Like, so that's why I was laughing. Yeah, it's like, uh, they, they made 12 grand, but they only uh, reported, you know, like six. six. Yeah, 100%. They're like, now they're taking over this cash. But it's even like this, right? Even if they did report it and they had 11 grand a month or 12 grand a month, but they bought equipment. They're paying rent to be somewhere. Mm-hmm. They bought a car and they're paying gas to get to the, like, there's tax write-offs that now it's just their everyday living that is now a deductible. And so that's a thing I just talk to people and I always want to, I wanted to mention on this since we are talking a lot more about quota and payments this, this time is that's something I didn't understand because just being straight up, there's months what like even like last month, right? That's why I'm like kind of like, okay, that's weird. Yes. I understand that they're paying for a one K. Yes. I understand I'm paying for insurance and all that good stuff. And that's great. But there's like been some months I'm like, I took home more money, personal training, like straight cash than I did Mm -hmm. doing this right now. And so I think that's something to just be said for everybody understanding, like, yes, this is a great living. Yes, there is stuff, but like also don't under, or don't forget the government needs their peace, you know? No. And, and I mean, I feel like everybody thinks that as soon as they get into medical sales, they're going to be making at least six figures, a hundred grand. And there are yes. some positions that immediately, yes, even as say, an associate, one, you might come in and make a hundred. Here, I know they start to associate at a hundred k, but but like my associate so, started, I think they start ours at sixty five k, our division. So, and that's really good because I talk to people at most, forty and fifty k. Mm-hmm. And most people are going to start out at, at that level, and they don't understand that that it's going to take some time to even get to that six figure range. And then when you get to that six figure range, you're still like, if you're in the low one hundreds, it's not that big of a difference because of taxes from when you were at 60 and, and it's just, it's just wild. And I, and talking about like um, when you're hitting quota and they're moving your number and all of those pieces, the biggest problem working for like these big box companies, and I'm talking like your Strikers, your Zimmer, Medtronic, Novartis, my company, like all these other companies, they have a stack of resumes. So if you're going to bitch about how much you're getting paid, like get out of here. They got somebody else that felt that I, he's I not making that much and they're right? willing to take your kid, job. Right? I was the kid making 60, 70K as a trainer, 
making and having some good months and every year I, I sometimes I made more but it's like you're gonna pay me a hundred plus K like you're gonna pay me six figures I was like and I said this in my resume in my interview I just grinded for the last three years at a hundred hours a week making no money you think yeah, I was like you throw money my way now I'm I was like you haven't even seen me work right and so I've and I've came in and I've done it right? yeah but now there's the part of me like I've had, like you and I talk and I, I literally just had to talk with my manager last week you know like the market is the market that's why I tell everybody they should be looking at it I know like I literally got an offer again I don't I'm not taking it but like I got an offer I could leave right now and make 40k right off the top right off the top like no questions asked mm-hmm. just that plan I'm gonna make 40 grand more and so there's that stuff. But again, if I go to my company and be like, hey, I just got offered another 40K, what can you do? Well, the problem is with these big box companies, they don't look at it like that. They're not like, oh, here. No, they're mm-hmm. like, well, Jake, you've only been a rep for two years. Well, you to get the next promotion to be another 10 grand more than there you're at now, you need to hit check mark one, two, three and have this much experience. And if you don't have those yeah, Tech and marks. then they and then they yeah. throw the big box name at you, like you're you're here, you have all of this stability, blah blah blah. But let's like, have a talk. As we talked talk about real before, quick about stability. Like, that is like my one most biggest pet peeve. Let's just make this real clear. I work for the largest company in the world. I go up to my CPA and I tell her who I work for, and all I hear, amazing company, such a safe company. My, my biggest pet peeve, I don't, I don't, I didn't yell at her, but I'm like, what does that mean? What does safe mean? Because another division just laid off half its force in our company last week, just laid them Mm -hmm. off because they didn't, and they restructured everyone's bonus. I just talked to one of my guys, a guy was number one rep in the nation. He's not even going to hit president club now because they restructured it. You like, so you tell me what's safe, right? And it's, everybody has this pre notion of like, it's safe, but I'm like, it's safe until it's not with these big companies. I'm like, it's, it's safe in marketing and like compliance and all those other roles. But when it comes to sales, it's again, yeah. feast or famine. Like if the, if the organization of that sales unit is not performing or they, be, or the corporate believes it's not performing at where it should 100%. be. You're and out. If like, you're not a top they, they rep, you're out. And like, that's why you guys should all know this because this is why managers will be the most freaked out during those times. The managers are the easiest to replace because usually they're the one of the highest people. And as you and I know, I'm not saying managers don't do a lot because they do. But I just talked to my buddy. They haven't had a manager in their territory for three months and they're all performing. Like managers do help. Like I'm not saying they don't. But they're very replaceable because especially like if you hire the right Mm -hmm. candidates. Like I tell everybody that's one thing I actually love about my manager I talk to my manager. The the only time I talk to my manager is that when I'm like, hey, I just closed a $40,000 deal. Awesome. Good job. Or it's like, hey, I need mm-hmm. this pushed because I just made a sale. Push it for delivery or put what? Like that's really my talk. I'm not really having conversations with my manager of like coaching because I'm like, I kind of got this figured out. Mm-hmm. It's been out here. Um, and if you ha- make the right hires, you really don't need it. But I just say that because usually when you see the restructuring of an organization, they usually are going to start with upper management first. Because they're usually the senior people getting paid more money and they know that the organizations normally can probably run without them compared to like if you have a top sales rep that's making the company money. And let's let's talk more ortho, right? This is what happens all the time. When you're the ortho rep and you're the top rep, like I have a buddy for Striker, top rep in the nation, just one president club. He has all the power because he, he tells the company, yeah, hey, like let's say he works at Striker and he's like – Zimmer just offered me 200 grand or like a hundred grand more right away off base and commission. And he already knows he can leave and convert a couple of his doctors right, right away. Cause he has those relationships. That's when you have yeah. the power. But when you're going to like kind of the upper management, like I said, you could be a manager for years. And again, I, this is me brand new. So I'm, I'm always take that with a grain of salt, but from the experience I've talked with a lot of people, even managers, they're probably the first people to get, chopped on the chopping block and 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 to talk again about like knowing your worth like a hundred percent i i tell people all the time and i learned this unfortunately in this role so i wasn't doing this prior but now that i learned this knowledge like you might as well share it right and it is like always interview at least once a year 
within your space, if that's the space that you want to be in, or even like a, a sister space to what you do and see what that market value is. Because if, if the discrepancy is that 40K, you have a leg to stand on, especially if you have an offer. And the problem though, is I feel like a lot of people right now feel like they can't go up to their managers and have that conversation. And I thought that. I thought that like deeply. I was like, there's no way I can talk to like my manager about, about, about this. And it's been two times now where it's kind of bit me in the ass where as I'm having that conversation before I've even said that, that I already have another job offer. They're like, what, what can we do to like, try to make things better for you? And I'm like, at that point, I'm like, you fucking can't, I'm already, I'm already taking this other offer. And, and I didn't even hear it out, you know, like maybe they could have done something better. Right. Uh, And like, that's why I think it's it's important to go through. And also, let's just be straight up. We've ta- This is what we do. It's sometimes you got to keep your skills up, right? Medical device sales interviews, like even me, right? I always laugh. Yeah. We teach people breaking in. Well, I've gone through a couple. I've gotten the offers on the couple. You know, like, okay, I still got it. I still can close and do everything that I'm talking about. But no, I think that's a great point that you're saying because – I have a lady, she's been in med device and now she's in the pharma world uh, for 20 years. And she's told her VP every year, she's like, I'm going to interview with another company. And it's not because I hate this company because here's the reality. Everyone thinks the grass is greener. And sometimes you interview and you're like, the grass isn't greener. Like Mm -hmm. I'm in a great spot. Or you're like, oh, maybe I'm not in a great spot and I need to grow. And like that, oh, these guys are offering me $20,000, $50,000, $100,000 more to do the same job. Well, that's pretty interesting um, what people are. So again, I always have that talk. Again, I'm not here to like job, uh, like company hop and do all that different stuff. But the the conversation I do have, and I've had this with people, first off, if you ever leave a company, no matter what you do, even if you do it the right way, there's going to be people pissed off. It just is what it is. There's going to be people who hate you, who are going to say things about you. It doesn't matter. Like it is what it is. But I've had this conversation with so many people. You have, I, one of these guys actually just talked to me because they're a top rep. You have to be almost stupid to not consider jobs that are paying you 50,000 to a hundred thousand dollars more to do the exact same job with possibly the same work-life balance. Well, we talked about it. Yeah, we talked about it. There's there's a sense of I want to say in the older community, yeah, loyalty. And they believe that people like us that I, I'm about to be like three years in the same role, which is, is pretty high for millennials, <laughs> you know, but but it, it it's the fact that like every two to three years, if you take on another challenge and you excel at that challenge, you have more skills in your toolbox than somebody that's been somewhere for 10 years. So if you have 10 years at, uh, let's say nine years so so that you can do three different companies. So three different companies and you have nine years compared to somebody that has nine years at the same company, in my opinion, and to the opinion of bigger like companies, they've even said it themselves. This person that has these three different experiences comes in with more of like, more growth potential than the person that's been somewhere for nine. That's a talk. And it's a very good purpose because I actually talked to a manager. They almost have the opposite where they're like, we need to see you at a place for, you know, five plus years, eight plus years, because that shows you're committed. You're not going to jump around. But like you just said, that's every manager is going to be different. Like we talk about this all the time. Everybody's going to have their different feelings. But then like you said, I would argue, well, if I was at three different companies in three or three years in the nine years instead of one, I probably learned a different, A, a lot more different um, skills, different processes, and I probably have way more mm-hmm. relationships, good or bad, whatever you're, whatever that manager is looking at. But yeah, so I, I just wanted to touch on that. Since we are talking quota, I think that's this fits really into it. But again, you guys, once you break in, I tell people, there's a lot of stuff like I'm talking to you guys about. I had no idea when I broke in. No idea. And then you get into it and then it's like, I talked to my buddy and I'm like, oh, you left and you're going to work half the amount of hours I do and you just got a 50K base raise. Like without even trying, you're going to make 50K more. Like even with my bonus this year, I'm going to be lucky if I make what you did and I work my ass off and I am exceeding and I'm in the top 10 and you're just Mm -hmm. at plan for your company and not even top 10. And like that's the talk I tell people. If that's 50K at plan, 
well, what happens when if I'm coming in, I'm a high achiever and I go and now I get a thirty to $50,000 payout check. Well, now I made not 50, I made 80 to 100K more than I would if I stayed at my current company. You know, so like mm-hmm. that's the talk with everybody that I think you got well, to talk the funny thing too that that you brought up like a manager told you i want to see you somewhere longer literally the guy that we were just talking about that i'll I'll get you in contact with uh, when he was interviewing a manager like a hiring manager told him the same thing he said man in the last like three years i've just seen like a little bit of job hopping and they were like specific reasons why like this guy went from living in omaha took a job to come back home to be close to his family in dallas And then that role definitely didn't pay what they promised it was going to pay, which was why he was looking. And he was like, you literally just like took this job a year ago and you're already looking to leave. Like, I want to see more commitment. And then less than like six months later, he's interviewing for another role. And that's the fucking VP that comes in to interview him and didn't like, like cross his mind that he had already interviewed this, this guy. And, uh, talked to like harped on him about switching roles. And and if you go to that guy's LinkedIn, he's been at like three different companies in the last three years. And it's like, the fuck dude, what, what do you mean? You want stability when you're fucking bouncing around. I I always like you guys, I talk to people, I network still while I'm in the the career because you never know, right? Like you can never get, I I've said this on the podcast. I I've joked around. I'm like, my company could see me. I could be fired tomorrow. Like you don't know, what the world has, but I'm always going to be networking. And that was one of the guys. He said the same thing. The guy who just told me you need to stay at this place for three to five more years. You need to get the relationships. So then if you ever went to like a startup or whatever it is, you could make those calls right away. Right. And then I'm like, and I just straight up asked him, I said, mm-hmm. okay, then what's the question is, what if you could leave today and at plan make 60 grand more at plan with doing this exact same job and working probably less, what would you do? Are you going to stay at the same job and work 30 for three, four more years and miss out on 400K? Well, oh no, probably not. Well, then, then what's your advice? I, that's what I said to him. Well, then, what is that called? <laughs> then go make the jump. I'll make sure it's in the same industry or the same uh, division, right? Or not. I don't know. But like that was like he literally yeah. said that to me. And then I just put it right back on him as like the manager. I'm like, well, you just gave me this advice. But then – what if you're in my shoes? What if you can go and leave today and make not even trying and just at base plan, you make 60 grand more, a whole person's salary. And he's like, um, well, that's it. Well, yeah, you would be dumb not to do that. And I'm like, but you just said if I, I need to stay here for another three years. So you just you just went back on what you said. And so then that's when I'm like at the clarity part of like, okay, at the end of our conversation, I'm like, appreciate it. Cause he, he gave me good advice, but I'm like, you just said one thing. And then you said another thing and you're the person who would hire yeah. for this role. Like what, what would you actually want? No, exactly. It's, uh, I feel like a lot of times they're, they're there with like this little power struggle and, and they're in the power seat and they like to pretend like they hold all the power, but it's, again, you're also for the people that are listening, like you're also interviewing them. Like, is this the culture and the person that you want to go work for? Like, like right there, this guy already flip flopped within the conversation that you're having. I'd be looking at this guy like, let's, man, I want to work t- for this guy this as a manager. Quick, you because know, that's a great point, man. I want to just touch on this because I've I've had managers again. I had it's not like I go out and I'm interviewing all the time. I've had managers just reach out to me because they see my stuff I post on LinkedIn or whatever it is, and they're like, "You seem like a great rep." Like I just had a recruiter who's like, "I need you on my team," right? And they see the stuff, but I laugh because here's a here's a telltale sign. I'll just be straight up sometimes. I'll take my number and I'll make it astronomical because I know what the market's paying. And then I'm like, I'm going to do 20 grand above that. You know, so my, let's just, let's for fun. Let's say my buddy's at 180. I'm like, I need 200 if I'm even going to consider this. And then my, if my, if this is how I know, mm-hmm. if the manager says 200, well, that's a lot. I'm like, you never made 250,000 in your life. I don't want to work for you. Right away, because they'll be promising yeah. you. Like yeah. I, I've actually had this hop happening. Like you know, they'll promise you like one seventy, one eighty, and then I'm like, I need two two fifty if I'm looking at this. Oh my god, what? Or this guy actually told me I brought up like the aesthetics, right? And I made a comment about the aesthetics, and he's like, Oh yeah, there was. I heard a rep making two seventy five. Can you imagine that? And I was like, Well, yeah, that's my like that's kind of my next goal, is like three hundred. <laughs> 
yeah. Like, and he's like, that's and my he has future a face. expectation like, then, here. Like right away, I joke around. Right away, I'm like, can't work for you because that means you're you've been in this industry for 15, 20 years, and you've never made that. I'm not trying to work for somebody who's never like who hasn't mm-hmm. helped me, right? Because that is, I talked to like one of my buddies. He just left. One of the reps he's going to beat. They made over 350. You know. So when I say that to a manager, I I bring that up purposely in my interviews to see how they react mm-hmm. because I'm going to be able. To, that's yeah, because I'm going to be able to see how they how that, they feel. That's, that's definitely good. Too. We all know managers are supposed to make more, right? But I know managers that I probably make more money than them because they're not performing and they're stuff. No, I would, and I want to say that that's even such a misconception. Like, I think now my manager and in the space that I'm in, yes, they make a significant amount of money yep. because of what they do and like what and you need, what you need to do to get into that, that role. Well. But I would say. Yeah, I would say though, like at big box companies like Stryker and Medtronic and Zimmer and things like that, that manager, I would say most managers, 70% probably make less than most of their reps. And that's because their job is a little bit more simple. They're just managing the rep. They don't have the the looming number. It's there, yeah. but they're putting that pressure on the rep. Well, so the, that pressure is not necessarily too. on them. Like half the so time I've said this like, Usually it's Excel sheets, reminders, and tell me what I need to do with marketing and, and customer service. That's what like I'm getting from. And again, we're getting mm-hmm. coaching from our managers too, right? Like I'm not saying they don't do that, but I'm like, okay, like if my manager's gone for three weeks, I figure it out. You know what I mean? Like I, I'm not gonna just fall apart and not not make it work. But yeah, no, I, I talked yeah. to my uh, a manager as well, and it's like they told me crazy enough is like we get a bonus like i told you 15 or 30 percent they get like a bonus sheet i think what they say i think it was like three percent over their quota so yeah it's a big quota but it was Mm -hmm. like it was something like crazy of like yeah they could do a million dollars over or over and that's a thirty thousand dollar check like compared to if you're a rep yeah and you get that thirty percent you could be a hundred grand over and get that thirty thousand dollar check you know like so there's just like differences yeah. Yeah, it's a, it's a big big difference in like pay structure. I know at Centos all the really good reps yeah. made more money than the managers. And and again, I, I think it's just the stress level of the, the differences in stress level and the fact that like sometimes you know managers just want to be coaches. You know, like you're you're not in that management role to make the big bucks. Like you don't want to be the sales rep anymore, and you're a better coach, and you're fine making a steady income compared to having like a bit like a low base salary and all yep. of your money coming from your commissions and. Um, one thing that we didn't touch on though, before, like we end all of this is, uh, people that are interviewing and you're looking from, to, to leave the role that you're in, check your exit clause. Because a lot of times too, like when I worked at Olympus, I had a company that wanted to to hire me and they were going to be selling disposable scopes. And I'm still friends with one of the guys that I interviewed with. And that guy is killing it right now. And disposable scopes became like the next big thing. Like everybody wants to use them. Uh, Ambulances use them. Like, so like all, so many companies are adopting this. And I saw that and I was like, I want to get into this. Like kind of like we're talking about startups and things like that. Like this was the pinnacle of getting in. This was the first company doing this. And the guy is killing it right now. And the reason that I didn't, I got the offer and the offer was contingent that I didn't have a non-compete. And I was just too much of a pussy to be like, um, hey, HR, can I get my non-compete clause <laughs> to figure out like if I could go take this other role? And so I just had to pass on it. <laughs> and I still wonder. I still wonder, dude, because like that guy makes like over 300K. Hey, dude, and I'm like, did I miss out? Like, like did hey, I even like not have a non-compete know, and I could have been there? Is, let's just be straight up. This probably bite me in the ass one of these days. But like being young and dumb, and that, I blame it on my young and dumb. I will do it till the day I die. I'm like, I learn real fast in life. Instead of asking for permission, you just do it and ask for forgiveness. You know, and if you get hit with a lawsuit, I'm like, all right, here we go. Like, yeah. let's see what we can figure out, man. <laughs> <laughs>
I was thinking, I mean, I thought about it, dude. I, I told them, I was like, listen, it's two completely different spaces. Uh, I'm an ENT. You're, t- you're telling me to sell the GI. I get that it's scopes, but this and that. And, um, but they had an ENT product coming out and I was like, dude, that ENT product's not going to come out for another year. My non-competes only a year. Uh, so I could still do this other one, but they were just too afraid to like take it on without uh, like a paper from HR essentially saying, this is what it is. And, and to this day, man, I'm still like, <laughs> I'm still like, did, did I miss out? Did I miss out? That, that was a startup yeah, that that's crazy, crushing man. it that's right crazy. now. I, I love out. it. But no, man, I think that was a great session of just going over quota and like this is really breakdown and talking about pay because this is stuff people don't. And we, we went on things like I, I tell people, these are conversations you and I as reps are having once you're in for two, three, four years, because now we're talking money. Like we're actually, it's no longer the associate. Now it's like, okay. Yeah. And then even right now, man, I, I've just had said this. I feel like it's a reps, it's a reps market right now. I'm talking to people that are getting 50, 60, 80 K bases higher, just at plan to go to a different company. Because if you're a good rep, they're looking for it. You know, so like this is like, again, and I actually, yeah. I'll, I'll end on this, is I saw a guy talking about like, hey, how do you increase money, especially during COVID and inflations? And they said, you're actually losing money if you're not interviewing with a company for every two years. If you stay at a company longer than two years, you're losing money yeah. because what happens, let's do my company, for example, perfect example, right? I'm at this plan. Well, I've been here for about two years, which is great. But after I hit this quota, I already know what's going to happen. They're going to say, Drake, Jake, great job. You hit both buckets. We increased your quota for next year, so you're going to have to work way harder just to make the same amount of money. But the money we give you this year is it's $10,000 more. Wink at me and say, good job. And now I'm going to make ten grand, right? But then I can go and look and I'm like, well, I already have an offer on the table for forty grand more right now to actually work less. Like, That's why I'm saying you've got to look at this stuff. Because most people will stay and then again, you have your security of your job, right? But like, let's, let's just be straight up. Like I say this again, I, we do it because we love it, but also we, we're here to make a living and also financially do well. Like 60K, that's a person's salary. I could, I could literally, you could leave today, go make someone's whole salary just from a jump on top of what you do. So that's why I just think it's, I want to encourage everybody mm-hmm. who's doing this. It, Once you guys get in and you do it, yes, you need to have loyalty. Yes, you need to learn. But at the same respect, this is your job. This is your life. And you need to protect you and do what's best for you. Because no yeah. matter what you do in life, there's always going to be people who aren't big fans of it. And and to to to, to like just finish with that, it is like – most of the people watching or listening are coming as an, as an associate and they're not going to get promoted from an associate in their same territory to a full rep. So this is like, you know, news flash for you. Like while you're an associate interview for full rep roles, because that is at like you, the loyalty that you give as an associate is basically just your bread and butter to get into the industry because after that you're the one just like you just said you're the one cashing your own ticket because if not like what are you going to do give your loyalty as an associate for the I, next three I years did that, you just missed out on two I other opportunities the, the last then, two like, years we to be a full rep right associate rep he had been here for three years the role came over open in his territory he didn't get it and i remember having the conversation i was like dude you got to get the heck out of here what are you doing? Like you've been here for three years. Like the average associates here for two years. You have the experience. You know, you can do this. Go make more money. Like go be a full line sales rep. Even like, that's one of my things I get really pissed about is I will talk with like my company. Some in the matters, what division some of them will be like, they can't even get looked at being promoted for two years. And I'm like, I talked to one of my guys. He's been in for 11 or 13 months, crushing it, had all the relationships had closed another $100,000 of deals when the territory manager was out and they wouldn't consider him because they didn't have enough experience. But he's running the whole territory and making money for the territory when no one's there. But they wanted to still pay him half the amount of money. And I'm like, dude, go yeah, get your they- money. Like go go do your thing. So 100% and let's let's yeah. end on this because everybody thinks your company's loyal. Until COVID or something happens and it's business, they're not loyal. They'll cut you the first chance they get. I like That's why I laugh. 
I'm I'm uh, I'm a realist. Yeah. Like again, we've said this. Me and Pierre, you're like, are we're putting ourselves out here to make these channels for you guys? It literally takes one person to get mad, report it to HR. HR sees it. They don't like what's one thing I say. They don't want me to recommend their thing, and I'm fired. That's all it takes. And I know that. Like I'm okay with the risk. Most people. I've had talks with Pierre. Most people try to be hard asses and say they're cool. They like, they don't give a crap and they'll get fired and all this. And most are back. Then they, in the same sentence, are like backtracking everything they said. But like, honestly, like, you know, you just got to be true to yourself. And I understand. I've said this from day one. I will live and die on my own soul, sword. If I get fired because of the stuff I'm putting out, it's all on me. And I understand that. You know, so like... That I think that's a mm-hmm. mindset you guys should all have. But again, just understand loyalty is important. But these companies, these big companies, will cut you the first chance they get. They don't care about you or your family. Exactly. I mean, we're in sales, just like mercenaries are, and that's the way that I say. I'm, I'm a mercenary for hire, man. Whoever wants to pay me the best money, I'm in. Let's have a conversation. And on that one, man, this was a great conversation. Um, the next one, I feel like we're going to have some more really good shit to keep talking about. So everybody tune in next week. We should be going live. Uh, and if you made it this long, you guys are true legends. Uh, and until next week, guys, we're out.